Praise the Lord. God bless you. Welcome once again to Swerve Church. I'm super excited because we're uh, finishing up this sermon series, and uh, it's been a great series. It's been challenging for me, too. You know, see, one of the things about preparing messages is that when you read God's Word and you, you get ready to preach it, right, like, guess who's the first one that it impacts oftentimes? You know, it's me, because I got to read God's Word, and I got I to gotta rightly, you know, make sure that what I'm about to say is correct, and then it applies, you know, first and foremost to me before it can... Uh, I can go ahead and come up here and, and, and speak it to any of you guys. Uh, but we're wrapping up this series, Making Change, and I'm glad that we can spend, you know, four weeks like this as a church and look at what God's Word says about how we can become better managers of God's resources because this is such an important topic. And, and some of the things that we've discussed is common sense. Some of the stuff is very obvious. Some may have been challenging. But, but you know, we want to be a church. Right? That allows God's word to stretch us even when it comes to our finances. Isn't that right? We want to allow God's word to speak to us, to speak us to us its truth, and then we want to apply it and grow as a church and as individuals as well. Now, you know, something that technology has done to all of us is make us even more impatient. Isn't that right? And you think about, I've mentioned this before, but it, you know, if you want pizza, what can you do? You can order it right from an app on your phone, right? You can order the pizza that you want. They'll bring it from Domino's or Pizza Hut or whatever, and they'll bring it right to you. If you order from Amazon, you want to upgrade to Prime, right, so that you can get, you know, free shipping and get it in two days or whatever, right, because you don't want to wait. You want it to come to you right now. And if, and if you want to warm up your sandwich or if you want to warm up your coffee, what do you do? You don't turn on the oven. You, you, go, to, you go to the microwave, right, and you pop 30 seconds, and it comes out to you real hot, Right? We want things when we want it, and we want it right now. This same type of thinking has translated into how we view and handle our money. You know, oftentimes we get into problems because we want what we want when we want it with no regard for tomorrow. Right? We want whatever we want, and we want it right now. And in pursuit of what we want, we, want, we accumulate debt, we accumulate, we max out our credit cards, or... We waste all our whole check because we're just trying to accumulate. We're trying to get whatever we want, and we want it right now. But how many of you know that if tomorrow matters, then what we do today makes a difference? If tomorrow really matters, then what we do today matters. All right? So, so if, if it does matter, then we need to change how we live today. In fact, look at what it says. You have it there in your notes in Proverbs chapter 21. Verse 20, you have it there in your notes. You guys feel free to underline and circle anything that stands out to you. Those are your notes. That's for you to keep. But look what it says. Proverbs 21, 20. The wise have wealth and luxury, but who spends whatever they get? The fools. Fools spend whatever they get. Wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Another passage in the book of Proverbs compares us to, uh, uh, to ants. Or at least it gives us the example of the ant. Look what it says. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 to 8. You have it there also in your notes. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. In other, ways, in other words, look at what the ant does and learn from the ant. Okay, look what it does. It has no commander. It has no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Can you guys underline that phrase right there in your notes? It stores its provisions in summer. In other words, what, 
what the, what the author of this proverb is saying is that if you look at the example of the ant, the ant doesn't spend his whole paycheck, you know, whatever comes in, uh, to get his food or whatever he wants. In other words, he saves, he stores, because he knows what? You know, winter's coming, right? So he, he, everything that comes in, whatever he can reap from the harvest, he puts away. And if tomorrow truly matters, then we need to seriously consider how we cannot simply exhaust everything that comes in. You know, by and far, the idea of saving or investing money is a foreign topic for many. It's something that is not spoken about much, and it's, it seems like, you know, it might as well be chemistry, right? And we talk about this because it's not really spoken about much, especially when you look at communities like the one that you're in right now, especially when you look at communities like Bushwick. In part, I think that this is due to the fact that people are very materialistic, and marketers are also very good at selling their products, right? But a lot of us are super materialistic. I think it's also due to the people that we look up to as a society. As a society, who do we look up to? We look up to those celebrities, we look up to those artists and those professional athletes who make more money in a few years than we'll ever make probably in a lifetime, right? And those are the people that we look up to. We see the homes that they live in, we look at the cars that they drive, the lifestyles that they live, and then we long, as, as a society, we long to live it as well, right? We're, we're all trying to keep up with the, with the what do you call them, the, the Kardashians. We're trying to keep up with these celebrities and these athletes, right? And we're just looking to them and we just want to be like them and live what they live and drive. You know, we, we desire for our lives to look like a big fat BET music video, isn't that right? You know, and, and we'll sell out to try to, to try to relive that, to try to relive that BET music video. You know, and we see this so much in our in communities like, like Bushwick, it's just so prevalent. Now, if you're trying to live your life like them, then I assume there's not enough money left over to save or to invest in anything. But this is why we want to become good stewards of God's resources. This is exactly why we're separating four weeks to talk about money because we want to be good stewards of what God gives us, of His resources. And this is why we're going to look at God's Word to learn principles in the area of finances. So we're going to look at God's Word and see how we can apply it to our lives. Instead of following the, following the trajectory of the rest of culture with the rest of society, we're not going to follow and do what they do. Instead, we're going to look at God's Word, right? And we're going to apply God's word to our lives. Even if, like Mario said, it might hurt, right? It might not, it, it, it might not, it's not going to tickle. It might not feel good. It's kind of like, you know, like what mama always said, you know, if you're feeling sick, take this medicine. It sucks. Like it's, it's disgusting, but it's going to help you feel better. And it's the same thing with God's word. As you look at God's word, there's parts of it that hurt. Ouch. Eh, you know, I, eh, you try to look for excuses and you try to look for reasoning to why not to agree with what God's Word says. But listen, but listen, if we're truly followers of Jesus Christ, and we truly believe that this is God's infallible Word, then we're going to allow it to speak to us, no excuses, and allow God's Word to, to cut our lives. And, and, and we're going to try everything within us to apply God's Word and to live it out. Now, I don't know how many conversations, and maybe you guys have had as well, I've had with people that, that are trying to, they have that keeping up with the Joneses syndrome. 
Have you guys ever heard of that phrase, keeping up with the Joneses? You ever heard of that? Yeah, so you know, you know what it is? This is it's when you're looking at what everyone else has and you desire to have and pursue it just to keep up with them. Right? So if you see what somebody else has, then you just you want to keep up with them and you go out and you pursue it. And I've had so many conversations with people who are stuck in this vicious cycle of poverty simply because of this. A lot of people end up with impoverishment or in poverty because they're simply just trying to keep up with the Joneses. So we don't have a lot, and so that means whatever comes in has to go out to try to mimic whatever else we see and get whatever everyone else wants. And I'm pleading with you, I'm begging you here, and, and anyone else who might listen to this later on, you know, listen to me. The gospel offers us so much. It, it, shows, it offers us so much more than the temporary pleasures of this world or the temporary pleasures of a materialistic life. The gospel shows us that we are in desperately worse shape than we could ever imagine. We, we are dead in our transgression. And listen, if you're dead, it doesn't matter you know, what car you drive, it doesn't matter what Jordans you put on your feet. If you're dead, you're dead. And the Bible says that you're dead in your sin and in your transgression. We're dead, but God addresses our most important issue, which is not our physical issue, and it's not, it's not our material poverty. You know what God says when He looks out at us? He doesn't see, hey, you're poor, or, or He doesn't see, you know, XYZ issue, not even any physical ailment. You know what's the, what's the greatest poverty that God sees when He looks down at you? Do you know what that is? It's our spiritual poverty. It's our sin that separates us from God. What's greater than any materialistic lack or need that you might have is your spiritual poverty. And God sees this and He meets this need in the person of Jesus. You see, Jesus lives a, a perfect and fulfilled life. He dies a bloody death. And why? Why? So that you can get more money, so that you can get the car and the house that you want? No. He dies it because He sees that you're dead in your sins. He rises from the grave and He forgives us of your sin and He reconciles us to the Father. So now, listen, our identity doesn't have to be wrapped up in what brings us temporary pleasure. Now our, our identity can be wrapped up in who we are because of Jesus. He purchased our righteousness. And before I can talk about anything else, about saving or investing or having a brighter tomorrow, I need to talk about this because we need to understand this before we talk about all this. Otherwise, otherwise we'll, just, we'll, just have to, we'll just have to do whatever comes in to feed our identity issues. And, and if your identity issue is, is fulfilled by getting more stuff or getting more money or whatever, whatever, and that's what your identity is wrapped in, rather we're going to seek to fulfill our identity in who we are because of what Jesus did, which is die on the cross, rise from the grave, forgiving us of our sin, and reconciling us to God. Now our identity is not in what I drive, it's not in how much I make, it's not in how much I even save or put away, what we're going to talk about today. It's it wrapped up in being a child of God. Wrapped up in being a child of God. You know guys, if not, you know, we'll, we'll just continue to seek out an ever-expanding threshold of wealth. Right? I've talked about, I've said this so many times. How much is enough? Can somebody tell me how much is enough? You know, someone who makes 25 a year might say, man, if I made 40, that would be enough. Someone who makes 40 said, man, if I wish, if I made 60, I'll be okay. 
The person that makes 60 a year would say, man, if I made six figures, I'll be all right. The person that makes six figures, still, it's, it's a line that you never reach. It's like the horizon. You ever try to walk towards the horizon? You never get there. There's no end. Right? And that's how it is so many times for many of us trying to seek out this ever-expanding threshold of wealth. We'll fill our minds with, if I only made a little bit more money, if I only had a better paying job, but instead, I want to challenge you to begin at the point that my greatest impoverishment is my sin. That's my greatest impoverishment. My greatest need, my greatest poverty is my sin poverty. And listen, that was already taken care of by Jesus. Then you can continue to say, you can continue on to, all that I have is given to me by God to steward. Whether it's a little bit or it's a lot. Whatever comes in, God has given it to me to steward. And from that foundation, from that foundation, we can say, okay God, how can I invest and how can I save my money wisely? Alright, are you guys following me? You're tracking so far? It has to be from that foundation that your greatest impoverishment, that your greatest poverty is your need, your separation from God because of your sin. And listen, that was taken care of by Jesus on your behalf. That was taken care of on your behalf. So now from this perspective, from our identity being wrapped up in who we are as a child of God, now we can talk about this. All right now, let's continue on and let's talk about some simple principles when it comes to investing or saving, you know why? Because tomorrow matters, okay? Tomorrow matters. So I just want to give you guys three simple things, three simple practical steps that you can take to help us understand that tomorrow matters and, uh, and to how to, you know, save and invest our money. Here's number one, the first fill in the blank. Don't invest in things you don't understand, okay? Don't invest in things that you don't understand. Let's look at this verse to help us get a good handle on that principle. This is from Proverbs chapter 24, and it's verses 3 and 4. You also have it there in your notes. Would you guys follow along with me there? It says, By wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. Why don't you guys just underline those, those words right there, through understanding and through knowledge. That's the common thread that we see in this verse. Don't invest in things that you don't understand. Now I want to give you guys a very personal example. This is a super personal example for me, but just to give you guys a good handle of, of a time where I made a really bad uh, investment and it was because of this because I didn't have understanding of what I was doing. About six or seven years, about seven years ago or so, I had a meeting with some people that I really cared about. These were some people that I really loved. I actually had a great relationship with them at the time and you know, I had a meeting with them and they sat me down and they told me that they had come across a large amount of money. They had a large amount of money and they said, you know, they wanted to give me some as an investment in me. And they said, hey, we're going to give you X amount of dollars and uh, it's to start a business. You know, and, and again, you know, we're talking about understanding and knowledge. It was something I didn't have very much knowledge at all and I didn't seek out counsel about as well. Now, I didn't know much at all about running a business or even how understanding, uh, so how understanding on how to even negotiate through a deal like this. I had no idea how to negotiate. You know, something like somebody, imagine somebody came to you and said, hey, I want to give you X lump sum of money so that you can start a business to help you out. You know, and we'll be partners, you know, in this business. 
That happened to me. And somebody came with this large sum, and they, a bunch of promises were made, and, and we shook hands. They said, you know, we're going to help you with this business. You're not by yourself. You won't be alone. But you're gonna, we're going to make tons of money on this investment. You know, but what it actually ended up being was more like, we'll give you this lump sum, and you make us money. You work. You use your talent. You know, you handle the stress of managing a business, and we'll just get the profits. And that's kind of what it ended up being. After all these promises were made that you're not by yourself, and we're going to help you, and, and we're going to help you advertise in XYZ, whatever. So again, you know, making this investment and saying yes to this investment without having any knowledge or understanding of what I was truly getting myself get into. You know, can you, can you guys say bad deal, right? This was a bad deal. It definitely was. I went into something with very little understanding that would make that would take a huge investment from me, from my time and talent, and, and, and I'm still paying the price for this today, seven years later, because of this bad investment. Right? Don't invest in something that you don't understand. By wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding, it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. It has to do with getting understanding and getting knowledge. All right, you guys with me so far? Here's number two in your notes. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Have you guys ever heard of this phrase before? So I, I have uh, eggs in a basket here. So what's, what's the reason for why, and these aren't real eggs, don't worry about it. But what's the reason? Why do we say, you know, that this phrase, right? If you've heard this phrase before, it means to risk uh, losing everything by putting all of your efforts or all of your money into one plan or one course of action. You guys are scared because I'm moving it up and down, right? Why? Because eggs are really delicate, right? And if this, is, this represents everything that I have, and, and if I'm walking by and I drop it, then <laughs> what was going to happen to all the eggs? Not these eggs. Don't look at these. These are plastic. But if they were real eggs, what would happen? Right? You, would lose, you would lose everything. Right? So you don't put all your eggs. They're God. If you put it all in one basket. Look at what God's word. Maybe this will help us. Maybe that was a bad illustration. God will help you. God's word will help you a little bit more. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 2. Look what it says. But divide your investments among many places. Underline that phrase right there in your notes, guys. Because that's what it's saying. It's saying don't put all your eggs in one basket. For you do not know what risks might lie ahead. But divide your investments among many places. For you do not know what risks might lie ahead. So what does this look like for you? Don't put all your money towards one thing. Because if that thing fails, then what happens? You lose it all. Now, I love King of Queens. You guys ever seen that show, King of Queens? I love That's one of my favorite shows. I've seen every single episode. And there's this episode where Douglas, right? Doug gets this bonus at work. Right? He drives trucks making deliveries. You guys remember that? And he gets this bonus. And he goes home and he tells his lovely wife, Carrie, that he has this bonus check. Well, Carrie has this bright idea of investing the whole check into this stock. Let me see if I got this right. It was Shamini.com uh, was the name of the website. I don't know if it's real or not, but in the show, she said, hey, there's this great stock. A guy at work told me about it. It's, it's going through the roof. Invest that bonus check into Shamini.com. Because we're sure to get a lot of money, you know, from this. 
But then if you guys saw the show, you know what happens, right? At first it went up a little bit and then they were all happy, like flying on cloud nine, right? As, uh, as sometimes they get. But then what happens? The, 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 the stock market, that specific stock begins to plummet and, and it creates some serious strife and uh, hardship between their marriage, rather, most like most of their episodes, right? And they start fighting and there's this huge marital spat. And it is, it, why? It's because they put all their eggs in one basket, invested it all in this one place. Now, I want to give you a very practical way. Right? You guys know me. I'm super practical. You know, this November, my wife and I, we're going to celebrate 11 years of marriage. We're married 11 years in November. And this is something what I'm about to tell you, something that I started doing in preparation to get married. This is over 11 years ago, this is something I started doing. Now, listen, I've shared this this trick, you know, it's not really a trick, but I've shared this little piece of advice with people, man, and I'm telling you, if you apply this, it might just change your life forever, man. It really helped us get to a good start when we first got married. You guys know that one of the main reasons, uh, one of the top reasons a lot of people uh, get divorced or marriage doesn't last is because of money. It's because of money issues. They fall into money issues and a marriage, you know, especially in the beginning, if it doesn't have a good start, it ends up falling into problems. Now, I knew... I knew that I, if I love this girl and I wanted to marry her, then I would have to have money saved. I needed an apartment and I needed money for the wedding and, and such and such and everything else that goes on from there, right? So here's what I did. And maybe, maybe you already have a system similar to this, right? This is my silly system that I apply and I actually still do it today. I call it the envelope system, right? And basically, here's what I did. I took several envelopes. It's really dumb. And each one got labeled with something. So I had one labeled, uh, one envelope, it said rent. And guess what that envelope was for? for rent money, okay? I had another envelope and I put, uh, I think I at the time, Keyspan uh, and, and Con Edison at the time. So I put, I put Con Edison. This is a Con Edison envelope. I took another one and I put cell phone. And I took several envelopes and each one I labeled it with that particular expense. Now, here's what I did. I would divide up whenever I got paid, whenever I got money, I would simply, I did the math, all right, if my rent is, you know, X, Y, Z, I divided by four weeks in a year, each week I need to put in this much. If my phone was $80, divide that by four, okay, I gotta put this much each week. And this is what I did, this is, you know, I'm talking about like 19 years old at the time. And I, and I had all these envelopes, and every time I got paid, I put money away. You know, and it's nothing, you know, what I'm telling you is nothing magical, right? But it's dividing my, literally dividing my investing, investments, and not like I didn't just put everything in the bank and then just, you know, divide. I, I knew, and the reason I did that, I, you know, when, when you look at the rent envelope, and if you're paying, you know, $1,500 rent, and there's $1,000 in there, then you just know you don't have money for rent, right? And so I was able to know and tell from putting everything in those things. I know it's, it's a silly example, uh, but I think it, it, it might just work for you if you were to give it a try. Or at least, you know, don't do the, don't do the envelope system. Develop your own system that's going to help you, something similar to help you not put all your eggs in one basket so it doesn't end up on the floor like this, okay? So you develop some system. Develop it. Think of it. Think of a way where you can divide up your investments, now put it all in one place so that you can apply this. And listen, you guys know this, right? We teach this to our kids. This is my kids' piggy bank. There's nothing much in here right now, okay? 
But but I'm sure I'm sure when you was a kid you had something like this, right? Or or if you have kids you got them something like this. You see what this is probably hard to see. Uh, but the, it says it's split up into four sections. You see that? And it says save, spend, donate, and invest. We teach it to our kids to divide up their money. So when they get their birthday money or the two fairy money, whatever, they can choose. All right, this is what I'm going to spend. This is what I'm going to save. This is what I'm going to invest. This is what I'm going to give away. Right? And they put it away. We teach this to our kids. So maybe we can learn something from this. And we can begin to apply it to our lives today so that we can have a brighter tomorrow. Are you guys tracking with me? All right, here's number three. Number three in your notes. Don't try to get rich quick. Don't try to get rich quick. Here's what God's word says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9. It says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. You see what that does. Those who want to get rich, they fall into temptation and a trap, many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Here's what happens. So often, for the love of money, or, or maybe because out of desperation, we fall in love with the idea of a business or a website or a product or some kind of service that can magically solve all of our problems, right? And make us extremely wealthy overnight. Have you guys ever heard of those, those type of products or those type of services, right? You know, I had many conversations with people that have fallen into these pyramid schemes. You guys ever heard of that phrase? Or the pyramid schemes because they long to get rich because of that desire. I want to get rich. And it might be, it might be out of a, a, a malicious heart of, you know, I want more money to fulfill my materialistic lifestyle. It might be out of desperation. You know, man, I really need it. I'm, I'm finding, I'm going through some tough times right now. But you know, that's, that's when you have that cousin or uncle or some other family member or friend and you haven't heard from them in a long time and they knock at your door or they call you right out of the blue and, and they say, hey, when, uh, when can we go out for lunch? You know, I'm taking Mickey D's. Or let's go out for some coffee, right? And, uh, and they say, hey, let's, let's go, you know, and, and then you say, okay, fine. I haven't seen you in a long time. And then you go to Mickey D's and you sit down and they whip out a laptop, and they whip out a shiny folder and a business card. They do. What, what are you doing here, right? And then he he proceeds to uh, to give you this whole slideshow of why this business that he's in is so profitable. And he says, "Hey, man, I gave ten thousand dollars to this company, and they gave me a license to sell this right here. You know, I get a commission off of each sale, off of each sale, and then I can sell licenses to other people." You know, and with each sale, somehow they get a cut and the person that got them in gets a cut and the person that got that person in that gets a cut. Now, I'm serious. I've had this conversation with people so many times. I say, you know, and I've told them, I said, think about this for a second. If you're selling a product that costs $5 and you get a commission from that and the person above you gets a commission from that, you know, eventually you get $0. Somebody loses out. It doesn't make any sense. But how many people, because of this, you know, they've been duped into something like this, all in the pursuit of what? Of getting rich quick. But look what, look what God's Word teaches us. Look what it says in Proverbs uh, 13, verse 11. You have it there in your notes. Let me see if I have it here. If not, you have it there in your notes. Proverbs 13, verse 11. It says this, This honest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money, what? 
little by little, that's right, makes it grow. Would you guys underline that? You know, this honest money, it dwindles away. Whoever gathers little by little makes it grow. Oftentimes, we have the mentality of a sprinter, don't we? Right? We want to see things grow quick. I think that's why we would make horrible farmers. Right? Because we plant a tomato seed and want like a whole vineyard of tomatoes tomorrow. It doesn't work that way. Right? We need to begin thinking in the terms of a marathon runner. We need to think in the terms of a marathon runner. Think about it this way. If you want a great marriage, okay, it's not going to happen in one day or overnight. You're running a marathon and it's investments and deposits into your marriage over an extended period of time that can create that great marriage that you desire. Same thing with children, right? If you want godly children, it's spread out investments and deposits into your children over an extended amount of time. Right? It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Have you guys ever heard of this principle right here? The 10-10-80 principle? 10%, 10%, 80%. You know, this is where I hope, um, I hope that everyone here can eventually get to this. Okay, to so this principle. Maybe you're not here now and that's okay. You know, I'm not here to, you know, to, to uh, hit you with the hammer over your head. I need to help you to look at God's word, examine your life, and see how you can get to a better place, okay? Here's the 10, 10, 80 principle. And basically, here's what it is. It's where you tithe 10% of what comes in. And we spoke about the tithe recently, right? Didn't we? All right, it's when you return 10% to God, all right? The other 10% is where you put away into your savings. So you give 10%, to, you return that to God, it belongs to God. 10% you put into savings, so then what's the 80? Well, the 80% is what you live off of, all right? So this is just a general good principle to try to live off of 80%. Why? Because now you're living within your means. You're putting away for tomorrow. You're giving what belongs to God. You're returning that to God. And then you're living off of 80%. Now, if you're in debt, this might change a little bit, okay? If you're in debt, you might want to do uh, 10, 10, 10, and 70. What you want to try to get to is live off of 70% of your income and try to pay 10% of your debt. Uh, try to use 10% to pay down your debt every year. Now, obviously, it's not going to apply to everybody. It might be difficult at first, but this is, where, this is where I hope that we can get to. As a community, as a church, man, I would love to see people that are not up to their ears in debt, that are free, that are generous with what God gives them, that are good stewards with what God gives them, that are saving and investing for a brighter tomorrow, for, for a rainy day, or, or for whatever opportunities may come, and then living off for 80% living within your means. Now, I just want to share a very personal uh, story, guys, uh, from my life. In 2009, my wife and I, we saved up some money by applying a lot of these very principles here that I just mentioned to you. And we, we saved up some money. And we looked at our savings in the bank, and we had accumulated a good amount. And so we decided to do something super crazy and radical, which is ridiculous. You know, we decided to use up our savings, to use up some of our savings, to live in Spain for a whole entire month with two babies at the time. You see, Junior and Christian were very small. We wanted to do this. And it wasn't for a month-long vacation. I know that's what you're thinking. It wasn't for that. It wasn't for a month-long vacation. We rented an apartment in Spain, 
and we spent time serving at Camino al Cielo, which is the church that Melissa's dad had planted many years ago in, in Badajoz, Spain. It's a city that's very close to Portugal. And so we saved up this money and we did something super crazy. Right? We went over there, we spent an entire month in Spain. And Melissa, Melissa was born and raised in Spain. For me, it was culture shock, of course. And we lived over there. The, the guy over here on the right, the crazy guy with the, with the fish in his hands, that's uh, Pastor Alfonso. He's the pastor over there. And we were able to spend time with him and love and serve him and, and, and speak at the church and just help out the church with whatever they had going on. And we did that. You know why? Because we were able to save. You know, but can you imagine if we hadn't saved and invested, we would have never have been positioned to be able to do something like that. To spend a month in Spain. Uh, to spend a month uh, overseas. Now, I know that perhaps you're here today and you wish that you could do something like that, right? You wish you can do something like that. You wish that you had more time to give to the Lord and to serve the local church, to serve here or to serve the community, to show God's love in practical ways. Well, guess what? You can. You can. Begin applying what you're learning today. Begin, but it takes intentionality. It doesn't happen by mistake. You don't stumble across this. It takes intentionality. But guess what? You can do it. Tomorrow matters. Don't get caught up in the wave of culture which tells you to spend all that you have today for things that won't matter to impress people that you don't really know. Don't get caught up in that. <clears throat> Instead, what if we could position ourselves in a place where we're always in ready position? for whatever God would call us to do. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if we could be positioned in a place? Okay, God, you want us to do this? We're positioned to do that because we've been able to save. Now, I, mentioned, I already mentioned this earlier, but, but if you want to talk about a hefty investment, you don't need to look any further than at the cross because God, out of his great love for you, out of his great love for me, he made a deposit in the bank of humanity through Jesus Christ, his son. And Jesus endured the pain. He endured the suffering and the hardship, the blood and the cross for the investment of a better tomorrow because we weren't there yet. He did it as an investment for a better tomorrow so that you today could be invested in by the blood of Jesus Christ. So whoever believes in him, the Bible teaches us, would not perish. Instead, that our sins would be forgiven, that we would be made righteous because of his sacrifice, because of his death, because of his sacrifice, we have the promise of spending eternity with our God our Father in heaven. Have you accepted this free deposit to speak in the terms of savings and investing? Have you accepted this today? The Bible says, all you have to do is confess your sins, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ rose from the grave and you'll be safe. And if you haven't made that decision, I invite you to do that today and to accept this. Guys, I hope that you found this super practical and super helpful as, uh, as, as all, all we want to do, guys, is grow, right? Don't you want to grow? Don't you want to become better? You don't want to be stuck in the same position day in and day out. You, you want to be free. And you want to allow God's word to begin to make changes in our lives. And guess what? 
as tough as a topic as this is, listen, if it's hard for you guys to listen to it, it's hard for me to deliver it, y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's hard, man, and it's hard because, like I told you guys in the beginning, man, it, it hits me first before I could even, you know, open up God's word and explain it to you guys. And as a church, I want us to be positioned in a place where we can be an example to the rest of the community that's living in impoverishment and in debt. Man, what if we were a church full of people, we were free from the bondage of debt and positioned in a place to walk through whatever doors God would open and then we can, we can freely show and share God's love to the people in our community and invite them in. Hey, you can experience this too. Open up God's word and see. Wouldn't that be great, guys? Can you join me in prayer? God, thank you for this uh, word, Lord. It is a hard word. It is a difficult word, uh, Lord, many times because when we talk about money, uh, God, for those reasons that we've mentioned throughout this whole series, God, some of us make too much, some of us not enough. Uh, for some of us, God, it's an idol and it's a God. And it's why we get so defensive and so hard about it. But God, I pray that today by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would break the hold or any, any hold that we have on materialism. God, instead that our identity would not be wrapped up in what we have or do not have. Instead that our identity would be completely, wholly wrapped up in our identity as a child of God because of what Jesus Christ did for us. Because of his perfect sacrifice, now we can be called children of God. And we don't have to follow the ways of this culture. And we don't have to do with everyone, we can go against the grain. We can be obedient to God's word. We can apply this to our lives and we can live differently. We can live free and we can experience the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. So God, I just pray that we would apply this series, Lord, over and over, God. Remind us during the week. Show us, God. Some of us are a little hard to understand and to see how this could even be. Some of us find it difficult. So God, for those of us that find it difficult to see how this can even be applied to our lives, then I pray supernaturally somehow during the week, God, you would have them see, have them know, have us understand, God, how we can live this life within our means. And living in a life where that we're good stewards of the resources that you give us, acknowledging, God, that every good and perfect gift comes from you. God, it all is all from you. And so God, help us to, to do this and to live a rationally generous life. God, not for our sake, not for our kingdom's sake, but for the sake of your kingdom so that we can make Jesus' name great. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.